0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated and also we dismiss our children down to Reno Kids as well. How's everybody doing today? Good? Good. You're singing well. Thank you for the encouragement. Way to worship Jesus together. What a powerful name it is. Tough to get a deal these days. Have you noticed? Tough to get a deal these days. Really, it is. I was talking to uh, a car uh, dealership owner uh, this past week, and he was telling me that the dealers are actually paying retail prices for the cars, and so they have to sell it at even way above retail just to make a buck. You know, you, you see it, right? It's hard to get a deal these days. You think about uh, home buying, as uh, we've seen some of our members move either here or somewhere else. Uh, it's, you know, hard to find a deal on a house. You got to have, what, 72 offers in, uh, escalating clauses and pay double. Uh, it's hard to get a deal these days. You know, so for some of us who are into coupons, you know, saving a buck, Dave Ramsey and everything in life, it's been tough days for you guys. There's no BOGO out there for you. No buy one, get one. So I'm sorry. It's a tough day. I don't mean to make light of heavy things, but it is interesting the days in which we live, isn't it? I got good news for you today. Two for one today, baby. Two parables, one sermon. It's going to be a hundred minutes. Two parables, one sermon. Buy one, get one. No, this sermon is for free. So today, that's what we get. We've been working through this uh, particular section in the book of Matthew on the parables. Uh, these, These ways in which Jesus is illustrating for those who are listening, particularly his disciples, what the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so today we see two parables that really are going to articulate one simple truth about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, One that is presenting us a treasure and another a pearl. And so today we hear this truth and of course we remember what Jesus said, he who has ears let him hear. And so again as we hear these parables, may our ears be attentive to what Jesus wants to teach us in a very real way, not just physically hearing, but hearing that comes and is within the heart. And so let's listen to what Jesus says. Let's hear what he says about the kingdom of God. Open up your Bibles to Matthew 13. Just three short verses today. Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46. Again, if you need a Bible, we'd love to put one in your hands as the word of God is central to everything that we do here. And if you don't have a Bible, we would love to provide one for you. But I'm sure that the text will also be visible on the screen here on uh, above so listen to what jesus says he says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again verse 45 the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of God and all God's people said, amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your spirit would speak to us, that open our, he would open our ears so that we can hear and eventually respond in a way that is befitting of the truth you're giving to us. Lord, for those who are weak and distracted uh, or or frustrated uh, or or fearful, I pray that you would encourage them and speak to us all. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Two very short, simple parables. One simple truth, and I don't want you to miss it. I'm going to tell you right from the beginning. The truth is this. There is nothing more valuable than living As a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. These two parables. Tell us one simple truth. That we cannot miss today. But I understand that you may or may not see. Or believe. Maybe even yet. That in comparing everything else. That is valuable in our lives. And you can begin to think about that right now. What is valuable to me? What has worth? Start to take inventory of the things of your lives. I asked Doreen early this week, in terms of possessions, what's the one thing that is most valuable to you that we have? And she said, our photos. Our photos. Just those snapshots of memories of the good old days, things that were meaningful. As you take inventory of your life, of things that are valuable to you, people that are valuable to you, experiences that are valuable to you, Take all of that, the sum total of it, and and compare it to the value, the surpassing worth of the kingdom, and what Jesus is trying to tell us in these parables is this. There is nothing that compares to the surpassing value of the kingdom of heaven. There is nothing more valuable than living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That is a strong statement, isn't it? There's nothing more valuable. We see it in verse 44 in the parable of the hidden treasure. We don't know all the details that bring this man to this point. But a man is uh, walking around. He's doing something. Maybe he's working in a field. In an agricultural society. And he comes across a treasure that was hidden. And to him it becomes the most valuable thing. He's got to have it. And so he does all that he can to get it. And then again, you see this merchant, most likely a pearl merchant in verse 45 and 46. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, trades everything in just to get it. That hidden treasure found, that pearl that is found, is like the kingdom of heaven. The situation there is like the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is something of incomparable value. More valuable than the sum total of everything else that we have. Do you believe that this morning? I want you to evaluate your own heart in that regard. Think about this. Citizenship in the kingdom. Knowing and entering the kingdom Is that the most valuable thing to you? Really, so much more even than the sum total of all the things that are currently valuable to you in this life. That's what Jesus is saying. Well, maybe we just take a moment with a statement like that. What do we mean by the kingdom of heaven? We understand that Matthew uses that term to be the kingdom of God that's often used In Mark's gospel and other gospels. This idea of the kingdom of God. It's his rule and his reign over all things for all time. One commentator said. Graham Goldsworthy says this. It's God's rule over God's people in God's place. It's pretty simple, right? God's rule over God's people in God's place. So the parable is telling us. Let's let's unpackage that for a minute. The parable is telling us that submitting all of your life under the authority of God's rule and reign has incomparable value. That living in submission to God's authority is something of incomparable worth. Maybe say it like this. You can have all the valuable things that this temporal world may offer you but if you're not living in submission to God's rule and reign in your life, there is still something so much more valuable. You're still missing something so much more. And you could say it this way, you can lack all that this world offers you in terms of its values. You can have none of it. You could be impoverished here in all those things that are valuable. Yet, if you live in submission to God's authority, if you live under his rule and his reign, if you're a citizen of his kingdom, guess what? You enjoy the most valuable treasure or pearl. You have it all. You see that? See the value of the kingdom of heaven. See it. That's what Jesus says. But yet this this statement of the most valuable thing, the thing of greatest worth, is living under the authority of God, submitting to his will and his ways. That comes at a day and age where, and also a human nature, that wants absolutely nothing to do with any rule or reign over us. That seems like a bizarre statement, doesn't it? Hey, the most valuable thing, The greatest treasure, the most valuable pearl, is to live in submission to God's authority. Yay! (laughs) Human nature, no thanks. I'll call the shots. Right? That's an interesting thing that Jesus is saying. And I wonder if we wrestle here with that aspect of human nature. We don't want authority telling us what to do. We don't want governance over us. We want autonomy. We want self uh, to be, uh, have the authority over our own lives, don't we? So what makes submitting to God, living in his kingdom, so wonderful, so valuable, so worthwhile? I think that's important for us to think about that to think about that it's not implicit or explicit in the passage but when you make a statement like that you say the most valuable thing is to live in complete submission to god you can't beat that you're gonna have to help me see it show me the value Well, the Gospels do that. Amen? The Word of God doesn't leave us hanging in terms of what values there are. incomparable worth there is in living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Living as a citizen in Christ's kingdom, as we understand Matthew, to be presenting Christ the King. Jesus, if you go back to Matthew chapter 5, and you look at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, what does Jesus start saying? Some surprising things to the most unlikely people about the blessings that come from living in his kingdom. Do you remember that? Do you remember he talked to the poor in spirit? Those who knew they were spiritually bankrupt. That it was theirs that were they were blessed. It was they were the ones who had the kingdom of heaven. He talked to those who were mourning, dealing with sorrow. It's you that will be comforted in my kingdom. He talked about those who were hungry and, and, and thirsting for righteousness, who felt so empty. He said, Blessed are you, you're gonna be filled. He talked about the merciful. Really? What about the strong and the tough? The merciful, they shall receive mercy. You remember the Beatitudes? How the most unlikely people get the most unimaginable blessings because they're living in under the rule and reign of God? You see, God's rule is unlike any other rule. It is good. It is for us. Yes, it is for his glory. But when we live under the rule and reign of God, the most unimaginable blessings come to the most unthinkable people. That's at least the beginning of thinking about what makes citizenship in the kingdom of heaven so valuable and worthwhile. But if you think about the the whole New Testament and how Paul and the other authors Unpackage some of the wonderful gifts that come by hearing the call, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and turning to it and embracing it. That these blessings come. We understand the the way in which salvation comes to us, that God comes to us in Christ through the preaching, hearing the preaching of the good news about Jesus. And he grabs a hold of us in our dead state. And he raises us up with him and seats us in the heavenly realms. That he literally resurrects us from being spiritually dead in our sins. That's one blessing of living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You are raised to new life by faith in Jesus Christ. You were dead Now you're alive. That that is only being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. What about your uh, being declared righteous in God's sight? Some of us feel so guilty and condemned and unrighteous before God based on the things that we've done. But the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, guess what? Because of Jesus, they are declared righteous in God's sight. You are justified. That's the gospel. That's what the citizens of the kingdom of heaven receive. Justification, pardon, the forgiveness of your sins, the imputation of Christ's righteousness so that when God looks at you, he does not see your sin. He sees the righteousness of his son. That's what the citizens of the kingdom of heaven receive. Not only that, but reconciliation with God. Not just a legal change, but a relational change. That you now live at peace with Almighty God. You're no longer at enmity with Him. You're no longer considered His enemy. But you are at peace with the living God. And not just that. You are a son and daughter. A child through adoption. I'm getting excited. I said I wouldn't do this to myself. I just can't help it two for one day (laughs) adoption the highest gift of the gospel is to be a son and daughter of the living god that's what citizenship in the kingdom of heaven is you are no longer an enemy but you are a son and if a son then what an heir galatians chapter 4 verse 7 you're an heir to all of the blessings of the kingdom that's what you get What about redemption? You said, I'm stuck in my sin. But guess what? Citizens of the kingdom of heaven are set free through the payment of a price because Jesus died for you and his blood was spilled on your behalf. Guess what? You are free from your sin. You are free. You are no longer subject to that yoke. You come into the freedom of being under Christ and in Christ. And he who began this work, and you will complete it. So now you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, a citizen of the kingdom. And that Spirit is enabling you to be purified, to be sanctified day by day in ever increasing ways until you see Jesus and are glorified. What a hope of glory citizens of the kingdom have! You cannot get this at Walmart. There's no coupon, no merit. There is no place to find this. You can't buy it. You must receive it. And when you do, through faith in Jesus Christ, this is all yours from the gracious hand of God. That is a snapshot, fractional snapshot, of the infinite blessings and joys that citizenship in the kingdom Provide to you who know and trust in Christ. You who see it. You realize side by side. That that nothing in this world can give you that. Nothing. There's no greater value than that. In the kingdom of heaven we have all these blessings of salvation through Jesus Christ. But let's not forget we have Christ himself. It's so easy to list blessings and miss out on the greatest blessing of being in the kingdom. It's to know Jesus. Do you know Jesus Christ today? Tell me that having a relationship with Him is not the most significant, wonderful, beautiful, glorious thing that you know and understand. It is Jesus. Jesus. Asaph understood this as he looked and saw the prosperity of the wicked, those who had things that were enjoyable. He said, whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing on earth I desire beside you. That is the great good and goal of what the kingdom provides. God himself and a relationship with him. What about Paul? What did he say? He said, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. Is this a little bit too simple for you today? Good, it's supposed to be. This beautiful, simple truth that there is nothing like Jesus. Some of us have forgotten that today. Some of us have forgotten just the wonderful, simple truth that there's nothing better, nothing more enjoyable, nothing more worthwhile than just simply having a relationship with God through Jesus. That's what we preach to you week in and week out. Not religion relationship with Christ there's nothing like it and if you've tasted you know if you've seen you know if the Spirit of God has done a work in your heart you know there is nothing in this world that can ever compare to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus you're just like Paul what about Peter he understood why Jesus came into the earth and why he suffered he suffered why the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to an easier life no To bring us to a new home? No. To bring us to some prosperity? No. What did he do? To bring us to the ultimate goal of the gospel. To bring us to who? God himself. We get God. John Piper says this, God is the gospel. God is the gospel. I hope you hear this today. If you've never heard this before, and you feel some of these these. This turmoil and struggle, even condemnation in your heart, what I'm trying to tell you is listen to Jesus, look to Jesus, trust in Jesus, and you will receive citizenship in the kingdom and all these incomparable joys will be yours. And if you have done that, please be reassured today. Clean off your glasses from the filth and pollen of the world. Some of you know what I'm talking about with the pollen... The pollen of the world. Off your glasses and see clearly again. Oh yeah. Jesus. There's nothing more valuable. Than the surpassing value. Of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to reevaluate your valuations today. I want you to think about your life and your heart. I want you to see the surpassing value of the kingdom of heaven. And of course as Matthew has already told us. Seek it. Actively seek it. Actively seek it. Right, Seek ye first what? The kingdom. Of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. See the kingdom. For all its value. Seek the kingdom. For all of its value. And the infinite blessings that it alone provides to you. See it. And seek it. And all these things will be added to you. Isn't that wonderful encouragement from Jesus? There's value. Incomparable. But not only that. As simple as this is, there's also a cost. There's also a cost. I'll never forget one of my kids. I don't know if they remember this. They came up to me when they were really young. They said, Daddy, I want a cat. And you know, I was like, I want a cat, Dad. I'll give you everything I have in order to have it. I thought, I could appreciate that. Right? They know what they want. They're willing to give up everything just to get it. And I'm thinking, you know, do all these toys really add up to the uh, possessing a cat in my life and all the Hair in my nose? I don't know. But for this child who remained nameless, they wanted a cap. They were willing to give up everything. It was a cute, innocent way of understanding that in order to get something of immense value, there had to be the letting go of another. What is it we see in these parables? That the man finds this treasure, then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. All that he has. What does the next parable tell us? The king of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. As we consider the value of the kingdom we must also be aware of its cost. Right? Jesus already said whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will what? Find it. There is a value. There is a cost. It's easy for us to hold on to substitute securities in this life. To substitute joys in this life. Sinclair Ferguson talks about a story, you can imagine it maybe, of uh, some folks going out for a hike. And they're up on a cliff, and somebody loses their balance, trips, falls, falls off the edge of the cliff, but is able to grab a hold of a tree limb to prevent him from falling to the ground. You can imagine the security that this person felt being able to secure himself to the limb. And then the strong friend who stood on the, uh, uh, on the solid ground up above came over and reached out their hand and said, grab a hold. I'll pull you up to safety. I'll pull you up to solid ground. And in that moment, the person on the tree has a decision to make. In order to go to safety, they've got to grab a hold of the hand of the strong friend, right? But they also have to let go of what? The limb. There's a temptation. There's a temptation to to hold on to what you know right now that is keeping you safe for who knows how long. There's a temptation to, to cling to the tree. There's another temptation that I think a lot of us in this world really struggle with as believers. I'll confess to you, I wrestle with this. Living in suburbia. I want to hold on to the tree. And I want to hold on to the friend. You follow me? I want the security of the tree. And I want the security of the friend. But what Sinclair went on to say is that in order to truly be brought to a place of safety and blessing, the man had to let go of the tree. And we too, we need to let go of the substitute securities In our lives. That this world presents to us. So today. In order to experience. The infinite joys of the kingdom. There's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost. And the spirit of God may be prompting within your heart. To give it up today. The thing you're holding on to. Give it up. And I'm talking in an ultimate sense. Give it up. That means let it go. It's over. It's true repentance. It's walking away. It's saying I no longer trust in that limb. I trust in Jesus. I have both hands on Jesus. Because trying to grab a hold of both in an ultimate sense is false worship. Holding on to just one Uh, Holding on to just the tree is idolatry. It's functionally worshiping another God for your security and your safety. But the Christian life, the the cost of the kingdom, means that there's no in-between for the follower of Jesus, as Tim Keller says. There's no in-between. It's either you hold the tree or you hold on to Jesus with both hands. And so today, maybe the Spirit of God is telling you to give up. Give it up. What are you holding on to as more valuable than the kingdom of Christ himself today? What are you so scared to lose in this life that it's literally governing you? That has become your Lord. What you fear losing the most is your Lord. It governs you. You orient your life to it. You cling to it. You hold on and you will not let go. Maybe that's a career that you have, a relationship that you have, a hobby that you just can't give up. Maybe it's a worldly pleasure that you're keeping secret. Maybe it's a substance that you partake in. What is your functional savior? What is your idol that you go to and worship and value more than Jesus. Maybe it's a selfish ambition that you're just going after that you've got to have and you're working toward and your life is just oriented to that and until you get that you will not stop you will not think about any other thing. I'm telling you this morning if anything or anyone has become a substitute security for you in an ultimate sense let it go. Repent Turn to Jesus and trust in him. Worship him. Value him. See his worth and let go. Walk away from it. But I would suspect that maybe for the most of us today, two other admonitions are appropriate. That in order to experience, and I'm talking about as we think about the cost In order to experience the infinite joys of the kingdom, you may not be called to give it up, but maybe give it over. And what I mean by that is literally to think about all the good things that have value and worth in your life. Because in no way, shape, or form, husbands, am I saying, you know, if if you're in in, in a relationship where you're so dependent on your wife or your spouse that you should get rid of her. Don't hear me saying that. There are good things things that God has provided to us that we actually still need to keep. But we need to hold on to it in a very different way. You follow me? You got to hold on to it in a different way. Somebody said maybe live your life in reference to it as we've always talked about in terms of whole life stewardship with an open hand. Recognizing that it's really God's. God gave it to you And it's yours to steward. And I wonder if we think about the surpassing value of the kingdom. That it may call us to a giving over all that we've received to the kingdom priorities that exist. Knowing that all that we have is from God and now it is to be stewarded back to Him. It's a call to whole life stewardship. Your relationships that you have your possessions, your ambitions and dreams. Filter all of it through the lens of the worth of the kingdom. Ask the question, with what I have, how does this promote the value and priorities of the kingdom in my life and others? Your possessions, your time, your relationships. That the purpose of this... Why they're so meaningful and joyful to you is that God wants to actually do something in them and through them. That it's not just about you, but it's actually about Christ and his kingdom. And that's where the greatest joy and meaning is found when we say, it's all yours, God. Do with it what you will. I will follow you as my Lord and my King. What about our schedules? Dang it, he had to say it. I thought he wasn't going to say it. What about our schedules? You know, I'm just going to be honest. This, this world is grabbing at your time. It has priorities for your life. It's grabbing at your time. It wants to over-busy you and over-activity you so that your eyes are off the king and his kingdom so that your priorities are all jacked up so that you're you're grabbing more and more a hold of substitute securities along the way and it's been hard for us as parents to consider opportunities you guys know what opportunities are you live in america most of you live in the suburbs you understand the constant barrage of opportunities that come at you every single day? We don't lack opportunities, do we? And what's hard is, which one of them are actually God-given opportunities and which one of them are just, nah, we need to say It's hard to figure out those opportunities. Let me be more specific. We have missed out on a lot of opportunities in athletics as a family because we said Sundays are unavailable we're not going to be on the best club team for soccer we're not going to hit that tournament that college scout will not see my kids play because of the kingdom i'm not telling you what to do this is how we have processed it but i will tell you this process your schedule your time with the priorities and the value of the kingdom parents for your children Because someday, as I tell my kids, those cleats are going to be on a shelf. And someday you're going to have a wife and a lawn and a house to take care of and a church to serve in and a job. And guess what? No one's going to care that you had a hat trick last week. No one's going to care. So as we give them all these opportunities, we ask for what? For what ultimately? So that they get a college scholarship? Maybe. Great. But what about the opportunities of the kingdom in their life now and into the future? What values are you putting into them? You guys, as a family, you pray and discern. That's where we've been. But we are going, it's going to cost you opportunities to live in and steward your time accordingly. Just say it. It's going to cost you. Yeah, it's going to cost us. But there's something more valuable. Amen? Amen? What about your decisions that you make, especially huge decisions? I'll never forget the testimony of my father-in-law over the years. Time and time again, he was a sharp guy with a great education. He had the MBA. He had a ton of experience. He could have made a lot more money. He could have gone all over the world with his job. And you know what? He stayed in Syracuse, worked for National Grid. And you know why he did that? Because every one of those decisions uprooted the family, moved them to another city, and basically he lost every single day and all the waking hours of his life to serve that machine. Why did he not take those jobs, 10, 15 of them over the years? Because of the value of the kingdom. That's why. Because he saw something greater for his kids. He saw something greater for his marriage. He saw something greater and it cost him a lot of money. He lost the opportunities. And I wonder if some of us can think about we think about the surpassing value of the kingdom. Again, I'm not I am trying to keep you in Syracuse. I'm not trying to keep you in Syracuse, okay? Just saying, but I am trying to get you to filter every decision you make because of the surpassing value of the kingdom. The spirit of God will lead you. But don't let the filter be more money. Don't let the filter be more influence. Don't let the filter be accomplishment. Don't let the filter be my hopes and dreams. Let it be the values and priorities of the kingdom of heaven. Last thing. In order to experience the infinite joys of the kingdom. You might need to give it up. You might need to give it over. And you might need to give it away. I think this is a call to worship. A call to to uh, um, stewardship and a call to generosity give it away we see that's exactly what many of you have done over the last couple of years we've seen you value the kingdom the priorities of the church uh, in your giving you i've seen it as you treat one another through benevolence and even just one on one, like you see that yeah, you could have more, you could store up, you could save, you could have this vacation, that thing, and that. but you know what you say, you know what? Because of the value of the kingdom and the relationships that I have, and because of Jesus and what he did for me, I'm gonna give it away. I'm gonna share. And there may be something in your life that you have that you know someone else needs you might be kind of holding on to because you really love it. But maybe the Spirit of God is promoting some semblance, something inside of you that says, you know what, let's give that away. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's time. I'll give that away. I'll be willing to invest in someone else at my own cost. That's what happens when you see the surpassing value of the kingdom. There's cost. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you money. It'll cost you influence. It might cost you reputation. It's going to cost you all that you have. Right? If you want to gain this, that life, you have to lose this one. You can't have both. seeing the surpassing value of the kingdom, we surrender everything. That's what we do. We surrender everything, no matter what the cost, to experience its incomparable joys. Tough to get a deal these days, huh? Tough to get a deal. And yet, guess what? Not to be gimmicky, but this is quite a deal. One also thing that you see, they get something so much more valuable than they gave. The guy hidden in a tree, he knows that. In his joy, he goes and sells it. All that he has has no comparison to, the, to that he's giving away and losing. There's no comparison to what he's getting. Right, The merchant, the same thing. All that he has, he, he, he wants that one pearl of great value because he knows that the value is incomparable. In accounting, people call this a cost-benefit analysis. Simply put, is it worth it? Is it worth the cost to grab on with both hands to Christ Jesus? Is it worth the cost? And the answer that Jesus gives us, and also the other biblical authors, is absolutely. It's well worth it. D.A. Carson says, when the man buys the field at such sacrifice, he possesses far more than the price paid. The kingdom of heaven is worth infinitely more than the cost of discipleship. And those who know where the treasure lies, joyfully abandon everything else to secure it. Jim Elliott said this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. Amen. Amen. Seeing the surpassing value of the kingdom, we doing the cost benefit. It's worth it. It's worth it. We surrender everything, no matter what the cost, to experience its incomparable joys. But even so, I appreciate this last quote, and then I'm done. Of David Livingstone, who after leaving the comforts of England went on mission to Africa, he said this to his students. Because while the cost is real, we must be careful about how we talk about it. Listen to what he says. He says, for my own part, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office. People talk of the sacrifice I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Is that a sacrifice which brings its own blessed reward in healthful activity? The consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope of a glorious destiny hereafter? Away with the word in such a view and with such a thought. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, I say it's a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then with a foregoing of the common conveniences and charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver. And the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing. When compared with the glory. Which shall be revealed. In us and for us. I never made a sacrifice. Amen. See it. The value of the kingdom. Seek it. Leverage all of your life. To enjoying it. Pursuing it. To having it all the worth and priorities of the kingdom, no matter what it costs. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our God, by your spirit, we pray that you would enable us to let good and kindreds go this mortal life also, yes, the body they may kill, but God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. All God's people said, amen.